Hello and welcome from Kirkgate Church. Here are the intimations for week commencing Sunday the 16th of May. As always, our Sunday service is held in the church hall at 10.30am with a second service at 11.45am and our midweek Thursday service is also held at 10.30am. If you wish to attend any of these services, you must reserve a seat in advance by calling My Mummy Swan on 01294 602 410 as our numbers are still limited. The 10.30 Sunday service will also be available live via YouTube with a recording available shortly afterwards. The pre-recorded audio service is also available via the Twilio phone service 01294 444 201 and all good podcasting sites. Starting this week, our informal Zoom chat sessions will only be held on a Tuesday morning now and no longer on a Wednesday and that will still be between half ten and half eleven. For those without internet access, you can also dial into the chat session using a special phone number and all those joining details are on the website and in the Kirkgate Messenger. Today marks the end of Christian Aid Week and normally we would have had a lunch or other fundraising event in support of it. As that's not possible at present, we are asking folk to consider making a donation directly to Christian Aid. Details are on their website at www.christianaid.org.uk and also in last month's Kirkgate Messenger. Finally, the Church of Scotland's General Assembly will be held online starting next Saturday, the 22nd of May, and will run through to its close on the following Thursday afternoon. The proceedings will be streamed live and available for everyone to watch on the Church of Scotland website. This year's Assembly includes a major report on the Tuesday afternoon by the Faith Nurture Forum on Presbytery Plans and the Reduction of Funeral Ministries. These are all the intimations for this week and the service today, the preacher, is Mr Andrew Bruce. Thank you.
Good morning, friends, and welcome to our service of the 16th of May, 2021. What a Sunday, packed with so many things, and we're so delighted this morning to welcome uh, Andrew Bruce as he brings uh, God's word to us this morning. You'll also be glad to know that uh, as I record this, I am recording it from the men's. So greetings from the men's. Um, it's so good to be in this lovely, lovely uh, area and community to be part of Adrosen and Salt Coats. Not anymore am I very far. So please feel free and feel free to make appointments so we can meet in person for those who would like to meet for a coffee and anything. Uh, please feel free. I am now in the area. I just need a few more days to just settle, but otherwise I'm around. And as I've always been saying the past few weeks, if God is doing something in our midst, please do not uh, hold it back. Share it. We need to hear about it. We need to praise God together. And as we worship God this morning, these words are for our thinking. Are you searching for God, but do not know where to look? Well, don't worry. God knows where you are. Perhaps are you searching for faith, but do not know what to believe? Don't worry. You are not alone. Would you love to be able to sing, but do not have the voice for it? Don't worry. The angels are giving it away. Would you love to be able to pray but cannot find the words? Don't worry. Christ is praying for you. So we continue to worship God together as we sing. If you are able to uh, sing along, please sing along as we sing hymn 438, The Head That Once Was Crowned With Thorns.
now Vivian is going to lead us in our prayers of adoration and praise. Loving Heavenly Father, as we come before you in prayer this morning, help us to remember the many wonderful things in our lives and to be grateful for them. We are fortunate to be able to worship you freely with no fear of persecution. We live in a country where we do not have to constantly fear war or extremes of weather such as we see on the news. We have the comfort and security of our homes and today we are especially thankful that Nigel and Saviour and the boys have been able to come to live in our neighbourhood after several difficult months for them. We ask your blessing upon them as they begin this chapter in their lives. We pray that you will surround them with your love and that they will settle quickly. We pray for Dee as he is taking the next step in his life with a new school, new teachers and new friends. Dylan is as yet too young to really understand, but we know that you will continue to watch over him too. We also pray that Angeline will enjoy the last weeks with them and that she will return home safe in the knowledge that they are settled to their new life. We thank you that continuing progress is being made in the struggle against COVID and that tomorrow restrictions will ease further, giving many the opportunity to visit friends and to hug loved ones. Help everyone to take these next steps safely, Father. We are pleased that the work in our sanctuary is in progress and look forward to the time when we will at last be able to resume worship there. Help us to remember those who have been unable to join with us for such a long time because of restrictions. And thank you for all that has been happening to keep in touch with these friends until the day dawns when we can come together again. These things we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful prayer of our Lord Jesus which helps us to understand the glorious truth of your written word and the amazing grace of your word made flesh. To you be all praise and glory. Amen. And now our reading is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 17, reading from verse 6, and John is going to read for us. I have made you known to those you gave me out of the world. They belong to you and you gave them to me. They have obeyed your word, and now they know that everything you gave me comes from you. I gave them the message that you gave me, and they received it. They know that it is true that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you gave me, for they belong to you. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and my glory is shown through them. And now I am coming to you. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Holy Father, keep them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name. 
the name you gave me. I protected them, and not one of them was lost, except the man who was bound to be lost, so that the scripture might come true. And now I am coming to you, and I say these things in the world, so that they might have my joy in their hearts in all its fullness. I gave them your message, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but I do ask you to keep them safe from the evil one. Just as I do not belong to the world, they do not belong to the world. Dedicate them to yourself by means of the truth. Your word is truth. I sent them into the world, just as you sent me into the world. And for their sake, I dedicate myself to you, in order that they too may be truly dedicated to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now we join together in our next uh, hymn of praise. It's hymn 174, God of Great and God of Small. passage is part of Jesus' four-chapter-long discourse at the Last Supper. It's referred to in most versions of the Bible as the high priestly prayer, but in many ways this is inadequate and maybe inaccurate. Priests were people who interceded between the people and God, pleading their case, 
making sacrifices on their behalf before God in the hope of avoiding punishment. In this case, it's more than that. There is a real passion in this prayer. In this prayer, Jesus is pouring out his heart. In verse 10, he says, All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am glorified in them. And in verse 12, he says, I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction. These are the words of somebody who truly loves the people he is speaking of. Jesus is praying with a great intensity. And that great love that he had for the disciples extends through the ages and applies to everyone who seeks to be a disciple. And that includes ourselves. In Ephesians 5, uh, verse 25, Paul tells husbands to, I quote, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus intercedes for us if we are his because he he cares for us with the same passion that he cared for the disciples. The importance of this prayer lies in the fact that Jesus is aware that he is going to the cross and at the end he will physically leave this world. And the disciples were left to carry out his great commission to take the good news to all. Although they have the Holy Spirit with them after Pentecost, they'll be going out into the world with the words Jesus has given them, and they have the reassurance of this prayer. In verse 11, Jesus says, Keep them in your name. Now we need to understand what Jesus was meaning by this. He says as well, manifesting in your name, and also I kept them in your name. And what's in a name? And what was Jesus meaning by using the word name? Well, if we go back to Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, that's the verse in which uh, Moses is approaching the burning bush. And he inquires of God who he is speaking to. And God answers and says, I am what I am. This is very significant. It's a, a poetic expression of God's very nature. It maps him out as being eternal and unique. And the fact that he just is. Up until this point... Israelites and Moses included would not have had a name for God and Moses is told to go to the Israelites and tell them that God is going to relieve their afflictions at the hands of the Egyptians and he's told to say I am sent me now in John's gospel Jesus uses I am a lot in fact in the gospel seven times these seven I am statements For example, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the sheep's door, I am the good shepherd, and so on. And what's significant about this, of course, is he is making no distinction between himself and God. Indeed, in John 8, verse 24, he says, For unless you believe that I am he, 
you will die for your sins. And then again, verse 28, he says, you will know that I am he. And he goes further in verse 58, the same chapter, and he says, before Abraham was born, I am. Throughout Jewish history, God's name was taken to be too sacred to be mentioned. God was so righteous that they were not worthy to address God by name. But now Jesus names him and he calls him Father. He goes further. The word he used that you'd be familiar with is Abba. And the translation of that is closer to Daddy and Dad. It's a familiar and loving expression that he uses. And this introduces a whole new concept of God. God is now seen as someone that is not just the fearsome God of the Old Testament and who the God who smites, the God who punishes. If he is indeed Father, he wants to nurture us. He cares about us. Yes, he's pained when we do wrong and forget him, when we turn our backs on him. But the point that Jesus made was that he wants us back and he is prepared to forgive us again and again. It can never be said, as some human fathers might say of their children, of their troublesome children, that he or she is dead to me. We are never dead to God until the very end. We see God's true nature reflected in the person of Jesus Christ. And this prayer should be an example to us when we despair of discipleship moving forward in our modern world. We should be encouraged by these words of Jesus. Here he was sending out a handful of very ordinary men to spread his word afar. In the past they had not shown themselves up in a very good light. For example, they had been bickering over who was the greatest and so on. But now Jesus felt that they were equipped, they were ready. And with God's help and the Holy Spirit, they could carry out this monumental task. Now with Jesus' prayer to God on their behalf and the gift of the Holy Spirit, there was no end to what they could achieve. And we should think the same. With prayer and the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is no end to what can be achieved. In this prayer, when it comes to verse 17, Jesus asks God to sanctify them in the truth. Now, sanctify is literally to make holy. That is God's desire that we should be sanctified. Now, sanctification is not about living a clean or perfect life, but an obedient one, obeying God's laws and the words of Jesus and his great commandments, particularly the one we heard of last week, to love one another as I have loved you. Jesus also talks about disciples not being of this world. Now this does not mean that we should withdraw from the world, rather it means that we should belong to Jesus, not the world. And if you be aware of the subtle attractions of the world, always remembering it's often said that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Sanctification is not about avoiding or escaping the world but rather yielding and surrendering to God. 
and we shouldn't let our guard drop. One of the things that we should be aware of is that the world is suspicious of those who are not one of them. If I can give you an example from life, as you know from my sins, I'm a long-time Newcastle United supporter. And I remember years ago when Mike Ashley first took over Newcastle, he, was, he had a meeting with uh, Dave Whelan, who was the then owner of JGB Sports. And he and the other northern sports uh, shop and distributors, owners, used to get together. And essentially, they were price-fixing. And Mike Ashley was told in no uncertain terms by Dave Whelan that uh, there's a club in the North Sun and you're not part of it. Now, in Jesus' day, it was the likes of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were opposed to Jesus. Because he was definitely not one of them. And they were very, very suspicious of him. And also his claims. The disciples would encounter fierce and often violent opposition, as did Paul. On many occasions he was driven out because he was an outsider. He was saying things that uh, went against the club rules, if you like. Now in the world today there are those who oppose Christianity. And I want to mention one example of that. It's an example that I gave uh, on the Tuesday of Holy Week. But for the benefit of uh, those who didn't have a chance to tune in, but also it reinforces the point that I'm trying to make. I said that there are those in the world today who are very opposed to Christianity. An example of that would be in China, where the government wants everyone to adhere to the Communist Party. They hate anyone who has an alternative view and won't toe the party line. They allow Christian churches to exist, but they seek to control them very tightly. They've even tried on occasions to censor the Bible, to control what goes into sermons. And they are very fearful of the house churches, the unofficial churches, and they've gone out of their way to persecute them, close them down imprisoned pastors and so on. The opposition that we have in our society is a great deal more subtle. We have a society where there is relentless consumerism that sends us in pursuit of the, the next big thing. We are persuaded we need something we didn't even know we needed. We are becoming increasingly a secular materialistic society and a selfish one. In that prayer of Jesus, he refers to giving nine times in that one passage. You have given me, you gave me, and so on, when he's talking to God in prayer. He also says, I gave them, referring to disciples. In his first inauguration, um, John F. Kennedy said famously, Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And we should ask ourselves, what can we give to the world rather than what the world can do for us? See, at the end of the day, Jesus' prayer for us is the same as for the disciples. And his earnest desire is, belong to me and not the world. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, let us truly be your disciples.
Give us the courage to be disciples, knowing that just as Jesus prayed for his disciples in that upper room, so he intercedes for us in the same way. May we belong to Jesus Christ and not to the world and all its sin. Amen. Loving God, accept these offerings we bring to you in a whole variety of ways, and that they may go where we cannot go, that they may reach where we cannot reach, that they may do what we cannot do. Use them to strengthen your church and advance your kingdom. Now, Lord, we bring to you our prayers for others and for ourselves. Lord, we ask that you bless and guide your church here in this parish and throughout the world, helping us to reach out to others, sharing with them the good news of Christ, and standing with those who are most in need of our help, love and support. Guide us in our relationships with others, within our families, with friends, neighbours, and those we struggle to love or try to avoid. Fill our homes and communities with the warmth of your love, May we learn to love and accept all. Pour your spirit into the world. Bless those struggling with poverty and homelessness, evil and war. Help us to reach out to those who are in need. Bless those who are ill at home or in hospital, those who are feeling anxious or low, feeling like they would rather just give up than live on. May they know your love and sense of presence with them. May we as a church reach out to them in the time of need. Bless the leaders of nations and people and guide them in decisions that they make. We think, Lord, particularly at this time of the situation in Gaza. May you bring about peace in that region that was so beloved of our Lord Jesus. We continue to thank you for the wonderful work that has been done by our health workers in organising and administering the vaccine programme. We continue to remember those in India who are suffering badly during this pandemic. And we pray for this parish and for its ongoing work. And we thank you that the work in our sanctuary is going ahead and that we may soon be in a position to reach out into a community that is freed from this present pandemic. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue by singing our closing hymn, which is 502, Take My Life and Let It Be.
peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Go in the strength of God and the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and always.